0: Welcome to Where's the Lamb Sauce, a podcast that peeks behind Gordon Ramsay's stiffly starched chef whites to absorb more than just the right angles of his torso, (laughs) whatever that means. (laughs) I'm Dom Coker.
1: (laughs) And I'm Sam Lee.
0: (laughs) How are you, Sam? Um, How are the numbers looking this week? Have we... uh, have we gained any uh, any listeners who aren't our immediate family? <laughs> <laughs> I think,
1: believe it or not, we've started to spread beyond the four people that we're related to by blood um, over the last week. There's been a flurry of activity across all platforms. It's been thrilling to watch. So uh, I guess hello to any new listeners. Thanks for sticking with us, even if it is just out of morbid curiosity. It means a lot to us.
0: Um, have you had any human feedback? Um, I have had some feedback. A friend of mine, Melly, uh, um, she came back and said to me, Listening to it, don't get it.
1: <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, me neither.
0: <laughs> someone, someone actually in, in, in New Zealand, um, I think, said probably the most complimentary uh, thing about the podcast so far. He described it as strangely compelling. Please can I have a shout out? Well, obviously not um, if you ask no. for one. So uh, yeah, he's clearly one of that one of those pathetic. I know, absolutely pathetic. So,
1: Let's. We should make this. A, we should make this very clear for all of our um, dozens of new followers at this point. If you ask for a shout out, you're not going to get
0: one. Absolutely. One person who does deserve a shout out, who hasn't asked for one, um, is Adam, who's actually responsible for our for our music, um, and. He, <laughs> You'd think he should, he should be um, attuned to what we're doing, what we're trying to do here more than anyone. Uh, but clearly, he's still trying to figure that out. So he said to me, I think I figured out where the podcast fits into life. It's a podcast equivalent of flicking through the channels at 11pm, coming across it, watching the whole thing, then waking up the next morning going, what the hell was that? <laughs> He's absolutely spot on
1: with that description.
0: <laughs> I, I know, I know. And I said to him, I said, that's, that's great. Um, keep, up, keep up the feedback like that. You know, that's really valuable. And he said, do I have to listen to every episode? <laughs> I mean, consider, you know, I have I've, consider him kind of part of the team. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, not
1: it's not exactly a it's vote of confidence, good. is it, from the third member of the pod? Is he calling us the equivalent of Babe Station?
0: Well, you know, when, Ram- when Ramsey strips off um, every episode, it does get quite steamy. So I we'll can see why he might make that <laughs> mistake. I'm fine with that. But yeah, um, I actually had a bit of an, epiph- <laughs> we'll call it an epiphany, um, a reflection on what we're, what we're kind of trying to do here um, with Where's the Lamb Sauce. Every pair of friends, or every group of friends, feels like they have the funniest conversations. Uh, and they, if they had an audience, or their conversation is so funny they're deserving of an audience they just don't have that audience yet we've have, we have taken that leap of faith and we've really got own.
1: <laughs> we're doing a public service here by week in week out actively debunking
0: that theory <laughs> <laughs> exactly one more bit of feedback um, I received from someone a friend of mine Will he said can't believe you've done a podcast about Gord peak quarantine i'm not sure i fully understand what that means but i i I, I don't think
1: it's positive
0: no i I don't i'm not entirely sure it's it's, is positive either um he did follow that up with i salute you for that so i'm 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 kind of hope i'm kind of a bit more optimistic i think what he's trying to say is is that (laughs) this is what people do when they lose their minds with boredom
1: yeah he's not wrong um speaking of losing your mind from boredom i spent about um a good half an hour or so searching back through our old WhatsApp conversations, which isn't something I do very often because it's um, not exactly a goldmine of comedy content. But I was looking for something in particular and I found it. it was the moment that this podcast was conceived via WhatsApp.
0: Oh my God. I mean, that, that, could, have been, that could have been literally
1: years ago. <laughs> well, it came, the whole thing started on the 25th of July, 2019 with a fairly throwaway message about a Gordon Ramsay podcast and how there don't seem to be any competitors. What then followed, I thought, was, was, was really interesting. It was our brainstorming session for names for the podcast. <laughs> you were first to strike, as pragmatic as ever, with a Gordon Ramsay podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, that, that really doesn't... That's not a reflection of my creative skills, I promise you. <laughs>
1: Well, I think then you felt um, the need to flex those creative muscles with the next suggestion, which was two peas in a pod, the Gordon Ramsay chronicles.
0: <laughs> that was one of mine.
1: Yeah, yeah. The third suggestion was mine, which was Gordon Blue. I <laughs> just makes it sound like a bluey. Yeah, that was your response at the time as oh, well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and then the fourth suggestion was where's the lamb sauce? And here we are now. See, I, I don't remember that exchange at all. I'd imagine we would have been half pissed at the time when we had that conversation. It was quite a late night conversation, I think. Yeah, yeah, because it, feel, it feels like Where's the Lamb It could only ever have been named Where's the Lamb source.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think there was any debate when we finally decided to actually do this. Shall we crack on with the pod then? What did we learn about Gordon last time? He doesn't like the French very much. <laughs> um, was, we can add that to the list of... of, uh, of Kind of groups of people he doesn't really he's not very affectionate to uh which currently also include the elderly and pretty much anyone who calls themselves executive chef <laughs> <laughs> and also um don't don't resist if you're a restaurateur or a head chef don't resist changes if it's to protect your older clientele don't go there we saw the head chef mark do that in the previous episode um at more place and it elicited the, the most hilarious takedown from Ramsey. So just don't, just don't go there. I think we'll probably see examples of people making that mistake as we go along in, in, in this series.
1: Of course, the irony of that example is that while the head chef was so desperate to protect the older clientele, eventually the restaurant went under, got demolished, and a care home was built in its place. So he, <laughs> plenty of time to care for the elderly in its new
0: incarnation. As, as, far... <laughs> as far as success stories go... Um, that's definitely not one of them. Um, the fate of it, it got demolished. That's, I mean, that's about as final as it gets, isn't it? Literally demolished. Uh, but that's it. Shall we move on to episode... Oh, God, what even episode is it? Episode one of series two of Kitchen Nightmares in part two. We'll see you in Lechworth.
1: So, Dom, we're in Letchworth Garden City. Yep, we are. What do you know about Letchworth?
0: I know... It's a garden city. I just told you that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know anything about it then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, me neither. So let's move swiftly on. So we're at a restaurant called La Lanterna in Letchworth. Mm. So Gordon kind of sets Letchworth up as being quite an affluent. Uh, I get the sense it's a commuter belt kind of town,
0: but, but quite a pleasant one. Bonaparte aside, I think the setting and the restaurant itself, this is the most peak Kitchen Nightmares episode we have encountered so far. It's a small provincial restaurant, it's an Italian, it's our first Ristorante Italiano of Kitchen Nightmares and that is the spiritual homeland of the abject eatery, isn't it? I mean, um, the, the whole country is still littered with absolutely terrible local Italian restaurants And it's just teed up so nicely to be an absolute shit show. So we get into the restaurant straight away, as always, and we very quickly meet
1: um, Alex Scott, solid English name there. That doesn't stop him adopting a slightly (laughs) affected moniker, though, does it?
0: No. Yeah. He calls himself um, above the restaurant door. Um, He calls himself Alessandro. (laughs) I actually feel a bit sorry for this guy. He seems so um, infatuated with Italy. You know, it's a real love affair of his, which we learn kind of. uh, You know, started in childhood from going um, on holiday there. He learnt the language. I think there's. uh, He's got a real. He's got a real love for Italy, and he's decided that um, he can open a restaurant, an Italian restaurant. I suppose he's kind of fulfilled a dream of, of his own, hasn't he? You'd think so
1: on paper, but obviously when Gordon gets involved, the dream has always become a nightmare. And the nightmare really does begin in the kitchen, doesn't it? I mean, Gordon walks in and sees the state of it in there. It's a tiny little pokey space at the back of the restaurant. It it, it looks dirty. And I mean, we'll come onto that in a second in more detail. He meets Alex, or Alessandro. He meets the second chef, a um, Polish woman called Aldona or Aldona. It's Aldona. Oh, my God. She's got the worst attitude the world has ever seen. Uh, Ramsey asks her what she likes about cooking. And she says, oh, nothing, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like she has no, no idea. Even if she didn't know who Gordon Ramsay was, you've got this guy coming in to sort of troubleshoot the restaurant. And she's making absolutely zero effort to appease or impress him whatsoever. She she, 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 may, she may as well be, pick, be picking hair out of a plug hole in a shower somewhere. You know, she, she seems that interested in it. And she'd probably be in a more hygienic environment
1: if she was doing exactly that. I mean, mm. Ramsey gets stuck into the kitchen in a way that he hasn't in kitchen nightmares up until this point and we really see the start of the Ramsey series of dirt porn moments don't we where he's wandering around the kitchen fingering various greasy orifices and just reacting in complete
0: disgust i mean the kitchen is an absolute disgrace isn't it Mm, dirt porn is that maybe the sort of things adam has been finding late night on um sounds like (laughs) it (laughs) on the triple digit channels (laughs) yeah the 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 kitchen is and that is an absolute shithole um before that i think worth mentioning is the um uh the customary menu sampling yeah uh which uh in which is where we learn the restaurant is 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 dated the food is um the food is abject then he tries a um he tries a a, a sauce an italian sausage dish i I can't tell you what the italian name is it but he it arrives at his table and he describes it as looking like two poodles penises um but does he realize that's what all sausages look like i mean <laughs> what's, what's he expect what's he actually expected i mean i i, I looked at this i thought that looks gross because it looked like sausages not for not for any other reason i don't know what kind of poodles he's looking at without
1: you know without wanting to go into too much anatomical detail these are pretty large kind of cumberland esque sausages poodles are fairly small dogs i think he's got his um his similes slightly muddled in this instance but i, I appreciate the alliteration in there and i i, I like the concept
0: <laughs> yeah well yeah he's, he's i think he's got his um not just his his dogs mixed up but his entire species i mean if i saw a poodle wandering that thing <laughs> flopping beneath yeah <laughs> i'd be quite worried in, in this episode he's very phallic there's multiple touch points
1: throughout where he's talking about knobs in, in various guises, which I'm, I'm sure we'll come to. In this episode, you mean
0: in every episode. <laughs> very
1: true. Very true. He does, he does have a thing, doesn't he? He's very quick to jump on anything that might emasculate or put down what is usually a, a, a male chef by targeting their
0: cock. It's his uncontainable testosterone. Yeah. Um, but the the menu sampling... Um, scene is a you know it's a feast of Ramsey descriptors we've got fucking disgusting uh, we've got about as authentic as a Chinese takeaway that was a, That was upsetting as a personal favourite <laughs> that was fucking dire um, my idea of kitchen hell um, there's quite there's quite a few and that's before he's even got to the kitchen where as you you know you've already mentioned uh, it is it's is gross in there isn't it I mean he ends up calling Aldona a dirty lady <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so we see him um we see him sticking his fingers um with you know in kind of pools of grease all over the place and seem to be enjoying it a little too much um he's in the pantry which is disgusting to be honest i mean i know the way these programs are edited together you know they, they do tend to kind of accentuate certain things but it really is gross his muscles on the floor and um Ramsay can't wait to draw our attention to the pot noodle on the stout. <laughs> I mean,
1: he's incredulous that the chefs could be eating these pot noodles on their lunch break. I mean, I can't blame them given the state of all the other food. At least you know they're clean. So uh, this really seems to affect Ramsay, doesn't it? He comes out the other side, he's he seems genuinely pissed off and genuinely disgusted by what he's seen in the kitchen there and by the lack of care being uh, given to everything by the chefs. And then it's all compounded <laughs> in, in, in the most perfect way possible as he's walking out of the back of the restaurant through the restaurant car park, stumbles across Alex's BMW with a custom number plate saying, A1 Chef. <laughs>
0: Gordon's, Gordon's reaction is priceless when he sees that. I mean, he sees that, A1 Chef, I'll oh, fuck off. Or something along those lines, anyway. It's just so priceless. He sees it and he says, that is taking the fucking piss. Oh, that's it. Yeah,
1: that's it. I mean, it becomes quite clear very quickly where the satisfaction lays for Alex and it's not in the restaurant it's in the kind of peripheral stuff isn't it it's in the car it's in apparently he plays golf all day every day and turns up to the kitchen an hour before service despite the fact he's the head chef and the owner it's all of this stuff that he seems to be obsessed with rather than actually running the restaurant but then of course we see what a real chef is made of this Ramsey heads off for our favorite bit of every episode the derobing scene as he puts on his chef's whites. Now, was it just me, or was this derobing scene the seediest
0: yet? Oh, absolutely! Um, it is. Re- it is really um, kind of budget nineties um, porn, isn't it? It's, it's in. It's in what looks like the tattiest bedsit I've ever seen. He's got his clothes kind of hung up in like a sort of tatty, falling apart wardrobe, and um, it's really close up. So it's clearly very cramped in there as well. Yeah, it's kind of
1: quite harsh lighting as if there's just a bare light bulb swinging from the ceiling as well. I'm pretty sure this is Alex's bedroom because we learn later on in the episode that he lives above the restaurant and we've already seen Ramsay driving to the restaurant before this. So I'm pretty sure he gets to the restaurant, goes up into Alex's bedroom and changes into his chef's whites, which makes the whole thing incredibly sordid. I mean... Would you let Ramsey in your bedroom?
0: Yeah, probably. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be a bit weird to, to, to dedicate as much time as I have as we as we have to a to, to, to one particular person, and then uh, then be squeamish at the idea of him turning up in our bedroom. I'd be I'd be fully up for that, to be honest. I hadn't thought about it being in Alex's bedroom. You're probably you're probably right, to be honest. I mean, my my first instinct in that is fucking poor poor guy, that's his bedroom. May <laughs> Ramsey's derobing this time. I mean, I know we go into a lot of granular detail over how he derobes, but it it, it seems to evolve every time in a different way. This time uh, it's pretty close up uh, and we see him sort of buttoning up his whites really close up. Like he's some sort of kind of, you know, knight from middle earth and Lord of the Rings sort of fastening his chain mail. It's really <laughs> zoomed in on his fingers as he's sort of fastening it up. <laughs> It's, um, yeah, it, it's as steamy as it gets. And once you've seen Ramsay's torso in all its rectangular glory,
1: you know exactly what time it is. It's time for him to get down into the kitchen and start licking the
0: place into shape. More of that next in part three. Welcome back to Where's the Lamb Sauce. Uh, we are in Lechford this time, I think, wherever that is. Um, we're in a restaurant called La Lanterna. Alex Scott is the owner and executive chef um, he go who calls himself Alessandro because of his um uh his love affair with Italy since childhood. This is the first restaurant Ramsey has visited uh, where the owner takes a kind of the full auteur role which means there's really nowhere for him to hide at all ramsey's really got to take every you know every side of him apart um and, and kind of uh reform the whole <laughs> The whole person, if he's gonna have any chance of saving this restaurant, right? As he always does, it all starts with him. Uh, all starts with uh, Ramsay w- watching over um, Alex in a service. I mean, it's pretty, pretty standard stuff for, for kitchen nightmares. And uh, how does how does that go? I mean, it's an absolute
1: disaster, isn't it? You see Alex thumping and kind of flailing around the kitchen like a madman, um, but in Ramsay's words, achieving absolutely nothing. He clearly just can't cook right i think that's that's at the root of the problem at this point the guy just can't cook or he's forgotten how to
0: perhaps it's fairer he's just not cooking he's just um he's he's warming up stuff he's using ready-made stuff he's just not cooking and um none of the menu that he's put together has efficiency in mind whatsoever i mean rumbley doesn't use these words but he's a definition of a busy fool isn't
1: he yeah he really is and he's doing it immense speed. (laughs) We find out that he's drinking five Red Bulls a day. In the introduction, Ramsay said that Alex hasn't slept for four months, and I think it's pretty clear why at this point. The guy's absolutely wired on kind of caffeine and taurine and sugar. It's it's no surprise he can't focus on anything. So Ramsay pulls him up, doesn't he, on his uh, seeming lack of culinary finesse. And Alex defends himself quite... Um, passionately by saying that he was he was taught to cook by a very well-respected Italian chef in the area so Gordon being the inquisitive chef that he is sets out to find this guy and where does he locate him?
0: Um, It's a taxi rank (laughs) he sat he sat in his taxi waiting for a fare (laughs) and Ramsey's approaching the car he obviously knows where to look for this guy and we learn that his name is um, is Mario of course king of the Trattorias <laughs> it's not a very catchy nickname is it you just stick with Mario I know I mean that's catchy enough. I mean every town has one of these guys of course he had to be called Mario um, Ramsey's found him and he's um, you know this is his opportunity to really get to know um, get to know Alex and get to know where he acquired his skills as a chef or his lack of skills as a chef and I think this, this could be quite a quite a revealing uh, encounter between the two and it does turn into something that's a little
1: bit more personal than most Kitchen Nightmares that we're familiar with so far, doesn't it? I mean, Ramsay and Alex spend what seems to be a pretty decent amount of time together. He quizzes his his teacher, Mario, doesn't find out that much, to be honest, but gives him a good jab in the ribs by kind of commenting on the fact he's driving a cab now, despite being king of the Trattoria. Um... And then goes out for a, for a joyride with Alex in his BMW. <laughs> and it becomes very clear that Alex loves this car so much. He spent 46 grand on it, apparently. Tells Gordon how much he loves the car, you know, how it means so much to him. He just loves cars. So, what does Ramsey do? He makes him sell it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, the, he makes him sell it, um, but the kind of uh, this, this psychological kind of pressure he puts on him. To get him to get him to make that call in the end involves asking him, "Do you have a small dick?" Um, <laughs> to which Alex Rice's debate and says, "No, not at all." <laughs> I
1: mean, just by dignifying that with a response, you've already lost, <laughs> haven't you?
0: But that is what Ramsey does, though, isn't it? Again, it's it's all it's all very phallic. It's all very uh, it's all very emasculating. It's, uh, it, it's it's that kind of thing. He makes people rise to the bait. And sometimes, you know, if I was in you know if I was in that guy's position, sat in that car next to Gordon Ramsey, asking for what sport, I'd probably end up saying no, not at all. Just as a response. <laughs> what he learned from this little cruise around town is BMW and the whole car situation and that he just got he just. He's got his priorities all wrong, hasn't he? He he does not want to sell this car. And if it was not for Gordon Ramsay breathing down his fucking neck, making him sell it,
1: um, he wouldn't. Ramsay makes him list it on eBay and tries to sell the A1 chef number plate, gets out his little black book to think, who do I know that's going to be interested in this number plate? And his first port of call is Anthony (laughs) Warrell-Thompson.
0: I'm I'm surprised he had a hotline to Anthony Warrell-Thompson. For me, uh, this is the kind of person that he would despise. Again, former presenter of Ready Steady Twat. <laughs> I think, I feel like you should probably, Sam should probably explain who Anthony Royal Thompson is. I know from some of the data that you pulled that we've got listeners in Nepal. So, um, <laughs> Nepal. It,
1: <laughs> Nepal.
0: Oh, Nepal. <laughs> Sorry. So I thought we should kind of enlighten some of our listeners further afield who Anthony Royal Thompson is. Yeah, that's a good idea. So Anthony Royal
1: Thompson was born in Stratford-upon-Avon. Um, he sustained facial injuries while at school um, and is a celebrity chef didn 't he didn 't he get caught shoplifting it 's
0: not quite the intro I was expecting <laughs> but, but thanks anyway yeah so I guess a few of those things are relevant his name is anthony royal thompson he was um and he 's a celebrity chef i 'm not again not sure yeah i think he was actually caught shoplifting somewhere um yeah not really relevant <laughs> yeah so um that's his, that's Ramsey trying to claw some money back uh, for the business. Back in the restaurant, he, his kind of priority is to get Alex and the team cooking. He, he starts off with a kind of kind of like a light-hearted competition between the kitchen staff of uh, creating a pizza. I mean, he was trying to build the confidence up, but I would have called that dismal. I mean, the pizzas look absolutely fucking shit <laughs> in this process of trying to put a pizza on the menu made by one of the the, the kitchen staff. They draw in some um, unwitting uh, test subjects from street level, don't they and they find um they find a guy who um Ramsey says looks like a vegetarian um who was a vegetarian um and he's very polite and he you know he he wanders into the restaurant uh, after being kind of tempted in by ramsey and they, they say to him you know try 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 a slice of each of these pizzas, which one is your favorite?" He chooses one and he says that that one's the best one and then Ramsey reveals to him afterwards that there's Parma ham on it.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty distasteful, to be honest, isn't it? I mean, we spoke about his attitudes towards vegetarians before and, and how they've maybe softened slightly over the years, but there was a real backlash around this incident as well, unsurprisingly. Vegetarians, who at the time were still quite a minority, were definitely up in arms at this. And to be fair, I think rightly so. I think it's a little bit out of order.
0: When he revealed to the guy that um that it had it had parma ham, ham on it he said to the guy when the guy said oh that's mean he said oh no no but you're cured now you haven't come out in a rash or anything <laughs> and cannot take can't take in the consequences of what what's just happened seriously whatsoever and when the guy kind of says right i'm gonna go or you know he's about to leave he says oh goodbye good luck with the veggie vegemite <laughs> what a prick um the kind of next chapter of of, of the episodes, um, it's almost like Gordon taking the role of therapist a little bit. Uh, but Ramsey's really got his work cut out because he somehow got to completely sort of reboot Alex and Gavin, who is the um, restaurant manager.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so he takes a slightly left field approach with uh, Gavin, where he points at a plate of profiteroles <laughs> and says, look at those profiteroles. That's how big your bollocks should be.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> This is Ramsey's testosterone in oversville. Uh, we, we've, see, we've seen him do this before, haven't he? He, he, you know In the kitchen with Stefano, 8-bit Afro Stefano in um, The Walnut Tree. He seems to think that by
1: encouraging people to think of their own genitalia, they're going to perform better. Do you,
0: think, do you think that's unrealistic? Do you think that's a promising strategy? Well, it wouldn't work for me. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really work for Gavin either, does it? I mean, it, Ramsey's arena for therapy is to take him, to take Gavin into... Oh, where does he take him? It's in some kind of... Oh, it's a garden city, isn't it? So it's some kind of big garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we end up in this kind of weird kind of garden park grounds place. Um, and next thing we see is is Ramsey sort of screaming at Gavin. What he wants Gavin to do is just scream at Ramsey, top voice, loads of... Uh, loads of filth right you know yeah he barks Mac with a few words under extreme duress and they're so flimsy and convincing and, and <laughs> what does Ramsey describe him it sounded like you sound like a, a right limp dick
1: <laughs> he says you sound like a dickhead in a choir
0: oh yeah <laughs> exactly exactly it's it's really painful watching Gavin um try to you know in Ramsey's word find his bollocks and it's it's, it's not it's not particularly encouraging stuff no so Ramsey's trying to get him to have a bit more charisma
1: so that he can own the dining room I think at that point it's pretty clear that that's just not going to happen Ramsey claims some kind of success anyway we go back to the kitchen to um, focus on Alex which is where the real problems lie right and Ramsey gets straight into it <laughs> gets very personal immediately and says I think you're a dirty fucker.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that straight away. I love the way it's cut as well. You know, there's no fucking around. We see, you know, as soon as we're back in the kitchen, that's the first thing we hear. So then we see kind of standard issue Ramsey
1: as he strips back the menu in preparation for the relaunch. He repaints the restaurant, I think, a um, pretty unbecoming shade of (laughs) grey. And apparently we're all ready for relaunch. This one's a high profile one. They've bought in what Ramsey calls um a, a group of letchworth dignitaries dignitaries they've bought in i mean to me it looks more like a bunch of coach drivers and a kevin mcleod look alike
0: <laughs> <laughs> and of course you know they um they sit they sit down for their meal and it's a little bit slow and we see these kind of little headshots of them talking to the camera one of them of course oh i'm not a happy bunny another, another one makes a crack about oh can we order can we reorder and have breakfast instead I thought that was quite funny, to be fair. I quite like that comment. Oh, did you? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I can, I, I can tell you'll be that sort of customer uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a few <laughs> years' time. It, it seems to be kind of on a downward slope and, you know, Alex is losing control in the kitchen. And we hear a VO from Ramsey where he says, um, there's only one man who can salvage the night and get us out of this shit. I genuinely thought he was referring to himself. But I thought we were literally going to see kind of like a fastly cut kind of montage of him pointing and directing and Flipping pans and all this kind of stuff and swearing, and it was going to be, you know, a really stirring kind of sequence of of Ramsey and full flow. But it but it wasn't. He was he was ex- he was expecting Gavin to get them out of the shit. <laughs> Gavin,
1: the, the limp dick profiterole bollocked made d. He he doesn't really seem to do anything. He sells a couple of the specials, which Ramsey is pleased with because it takes the pressure off the kitchen. But other than that, nothing seems to change. But of course, the whole thing spun into. A successful evening and uh, you know a step in the right direction for Lanturda and Ramsey leaves and, and seems fairly encouraged by the whole thing but is very quick to say to Alex I think you're going to fuck this up
0: <laughs> yeah I mean who can blame him to be honest but Ramsey does return uh, some months later and he's pleasantly surprised he returns in his um in a kind of slick t-shirt and blazer combo Um, kind of looking like a high street nightclub owner And, and he arrives and he is very pleasantly surprised and this is a this feels like a genuine success story.
1: Yeah I'd say this is the first one where he comes back and not only have standards been upheld from his time there but they've almost improved since then. Like Alex to be fair to him I had extreme doubts about him throughout the entire episode. I thought he was a a complete chancer and a wide boy and, as as Ramsay actually calls him, a, a cowboy. But to be fair, he shows himself in a really good light in this last revisited scene because he's cooking fresh ravioli, he's making his own almond cake, the kitchen's clean, and generally he seems like he's taken on board everything that Ramsay said to him and has kind of run with it, to be fair. Yeah, well done. I mean, I'm not sure if the same can be said about Aldona, who as soon as Ramsey walks through the doors, she says, I had a dream about you last night. You killed me. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: Ramsey goes, yeah, you're not wrong there. <laughs> no, fair play to Alex. So, I mean, he, he's, um, we see so often... Um, uh, these places that Ramsey visits and tries to uh, tries to improve, that they they just don't listen to him. But I feel like Alex really did take take his advice on board, and it kind of gave him a huge lift. Um, you know, we find out that he's cleared twenty k worth of debt. He hasn't got rid of his he hasn't got rid of his car. And I think it's you know Ramsey's visits brought out that kind of bit of real passion and pride in him, which was there deep down, but it just got completely consumed by complacency and laziness.
1: And I think that's the real reason these episodes are so popular. It's it's finding that passion again. It's rediscovering that love. Like Throughout this episode, like he does in a lot of the early Kitchen Nightmares, he seems to really care about these people. And he does seem really pleased when Alex pulls it out of the bag at the end. And you're right, this is definitely one of his success
0: stories. You've changed your tune have I yeah from a few weeks ago saying that he, he 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 doesn't care about these people at all this is purely for his own his own ends and purely for entertainment <laughs>
1: well maybe I'm learning good more about Ramsey than I realize throughout this process which is exactly what the point of this podcast is
0: absolutely it's a journey for all of us exactly and i think um it does it does um shine a kind of light on another appealing point about not just Ramsey but kitchen Nightmares in general is that so a little bit of ourselves in Alex, I think. He's passionate about uh, a certain cuisine or a certain culture, and he thinks he can kind of translate that into a restaurant. I think, you know, majority of us go to restaurants quite often, and we all think we could do this better than everyone else. It's, I think it's probably so easy for people to start a restaurant and end up like Alex did in that kind of rut, and there is no way out. But Ramsay has is, is been an actual kind of saviour, To them, and it's and it's completely turned turned the restaurant's fortunes, and I guess changed Alex's life. You might tell me in a minute that the fate of this restaurant and Alex went very very differently. I I feel like that's going to come, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have good news. This was filmed in two thousand and five. In two thousand and six, La Lanterna closed, and the building was sold.
0: Oh. Well, scrap everything what I said before. Then, um, shall we talk about um, insult of the week? <laughs> yeah, probably best to move on fairly swiftly. Yeah, there are actually several contenders this this week, um, but there's a clear standout for me um, just for its pure originality, uh, and that is you sound like a right limp dick. Yeah, we've already touched on that, but imagine imagine being described as it, whatever whatever you've just done, whether it's handshake or a uh, it's a kind of conversational sexual encounter sexual encounter whatever imagine being described as a limp and then you know go one step further and be described as like a limp dick i mean there's nothing (laughs) nothing worse than a limp dick is there (laughs) really
1: it's not a great comparison uh my insult of the week this time was um ramsey at his most direct i think you're a dirty fucker
0: yeah yeah that's that's a really good one. That was my that was my second um my second nomination. I mean on the surface I suppose it's not that bad but you could also include Aldona's you're a dirty lady. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's a good one as well. I think we we'll, we'll put 3 through this week. Hey we still need right. to get the public now that our audience has swollen we still need to get the public to vote on their favourite insult from series one of Kitchen Nightmares, so we'll put that up on Instagram uh whenever we remember to do it.
0: Uh next week um we are in back in the home counties in Essex um at a restaurant called D Place in Chelmsford. Um Dom, have you checked the Gmail account yet? Um <laughs> no still 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 working on that. Um it, it, it's there. <laughs> Uh, it, it will be it will be checked imminently. Um, for, 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 for anyone who's um, who's contacted us um, on on Gmail, try on Instagram uh, at Lamb pod. Uh, We're we're far more attentive on there at the moment,
1: or or Twitter, where uh, you've just logged in and had a good old quack at putting a few tweets out. That's also. At lamb sauce pod or if you do want an email to sit around gathering dust for the next few months while we forget to log in to Gmail, you can send us an email at lambsourcepod at gmail.com. So we'll see you in the home counties mm. next week. Until then, don't have
0: nightmares.